Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. It's dropping February 16th on NBC. Obviously, in the pro wrestling community, we're extremely excited. But I think across the board, everybody's really interested in this new TV series. It seems like everything this man touches turns to gold. So I'm really looking forward to the new show, Young Rock. And joining us here to talk about it is Matthew, also known as Andre the Giant on the show, Nate the Junkyard Dog, and Brett the Iron Sheik. Gentlemen, how are you today? Doing well. I'm up. I'm hoping the gold continues a little bit further. All right. And, yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of legs with this show. And, you know, since there's three of the cast members joining us, I'll try to shout out your names. But it's hard not to start with Sheiky Baby and, of course, Brett, who's the Iron Sheik. And it's funny because you and I were actually talking before we started to tape the interview and – Obviously, I get this a lot. A lot of people know my brother because my brother's also a uh, radio talk show host in New York. And you're also a local guy like myself. And it seems like the pandemic, we've all made kind of changes and locations and everything. But how are you? Ex- how excited are you about this new series that starts? This is the, the biggest project I've ever been a part of. And uh, just, you know, it, finally having my face on a big role and instead of being Arnold Schwarzenegger's body with his head, <laughs> there's actual credit to the, to the role. Um, but it's the whole project from top to bottom was special. Um, just being a part of anything that the rock does, first of all, but also the whole cast, the way we came together, being in Australia together, training together, wrestling together. We did all our own stunts. So it was a project that was more special than anything I've been a part of. Wow. And, and, and Nate and Matthew, I'll start with you, Matthew, coming from the world of the NFL and getting into acting. For you, how important was it getting this role? And what are you expecting from the show? Well, first of all, you talk about Andre the Giant. I mean, uh, what an iconic role what an iconic person what an iconic figure in the world of wrestling so there's a lot of pressure you know to have a certain way about the character so there was some pressure going in at the same time feeling uber lucky and uber uh thankful for the for the chance to play this guy um to transform physically to transform you know uh character wise and uh so it, it was it was uh it was exciting from the beginning and it kind of like, just like Brett said, kind of rolled through the whole sort of uh, taping of the, of the season. 
And Nate, for you, I mean, the Junkyard Dog, iconic character, one of the best wrestlers of all time. Uh, I grew up watching, you know, Junkyard Dog and Mid-South Wrestling and, you know, and, and now you are taking on this role. And it's difficult, too, because all three of you, iconic wrestlers, iconic characters that, you know, a lot of fans like myself really gravitate to. So, so Nate, for you, this role in this series, how important? Well, first, I'd like to say just as a, uh, you know, to add to another brush stroke of what uh, these two gentlemen just said, it really was like family. Like I haven't, I haven't really seen them other than like one little zoom we've done since we taped. So it's good to see my brothers. That's first. Uh, And this brought us together across different discourses and things, because I don't know if I would have bumped into uh, Brett Azar uh, just in my normal movies. And the same goes for a big mojo there. And we've been celebrating birthdays and all kind of stuff together. So we've grown, uh, I think, until I'm an old, old man. You know, you can hold my kids type of situation. Um, in regards to the show and reprising these roles, uh, yeah, I just want to say, based on what you said in the question, with you being a Mid-South fan, like, that's the thing. Junkyard Dog was a champion before, before he entered the scene with this. Whereas most yep. of the other characters basically blew up through, you know, after, through their workings with Vince McMahon and stuff. So Junkyard Dog entered the scene is already a champ. So he has, even though he died early in real life, he has an avid, avid following. And so what I think the viewers will really appreciate is that this is behind the curtain of these guys. This is out of the ring of these guys. This is the day-to-day life of these guys. I mean, episode one is literally titled Working the Gimmick. So you guys get to peek into the lives of these fellas, you know, see them get paid after they finish the evening. Yeah. So I think it's dope. So, so Nate, you oh. said something that's really interesting to me, and you know, I don't get to talk to a lot of actors uh, on this show. But you mentioned about now, you know, when you look at Matthew and, and you look at like now becoming close and becoming friendly and becoming like family. Uh, I would think that that's out of the ordinary when it comes to working on certain projects. And to get that close, did it was that for everybody who was working on it that it seemed like it was tight knit and like a family? Well, I'll say this right because of the the complexities of the show with it, you know, most shows will follow, uh, you know, like say for instance, you have everybody hates Chris, right? Mm-hmm. That is him as a little boy from like maybe ten to twelve years old. This is a ten year old lifespan, a fifteen year old lifespan, a nineteen year old lifespan. So the show is shot in three blocks. So I can speak confidently about block one and us being family and say, yes, but uh, because of the size of this project and mirroring what Brett said, like this is the biggest uh, project that I've been a part of as far as network uh, television, I will defer to the OG who I also deferred to while we were there. I would have been like, Hey man, is this normal for different stuff? And he would give me my comparison to be like, uh, actually, no, this isn't normal. So Mojo, what do you think, man? I appreciate you, brother. Um, no, he's right. You know, and I think the fact that we all had to get there in quarantine, that was the beginning of it. So we all sort of had this bond of we've had to go to jail for a couple of weeks and sit and stew on what we're doing. We started doing Zoom calls with our uh, our table reads while we were in. So there was already sort of a bond forming before we even got out. So then on top of that, you get out and you're in a strange land, especially for us being from the States you know, there was no choice but to bond. And so there was this really cool 
sort of going on early where we're just like, hey, what are you doing after? Okay, I'm going to get a workout in. Okay, I'll go with you. Okay, what are you going to go eat? Okay, let's go eat. So it was just, we were together a lot. You know, we biked out together. We hung out. We went to Nate's uh, comedy shows. You know, Brett could always be found in the in the weight room. So we knew we could always see him there. So it was just this tight knit that um, no matter what we did, we were sort of always together. That is uncommon. You know, yeah, you have relationships that sort of every now and then will continue after you shoot something. But uh, again, I've been doing this for a while. I've never been with a group of people that have had so much love for each other, so much want to do well and sort of see everyone succeed. And so we're kind of at that fever pitch right now where we're a couple of days out from from having it start. So this is interesting too, Nate, because you mentioned about you're new to this world. And one thing that we talk about on Busted Open is pro wrestling now, especially during this pandemic, they're performing and they're not performing in front of a crowd. You know, they're usually performing in front of 10, 15,000 people. Now they're not doing that. And it's hard to kind of get the reaction of, of, well, hey, is this match working? Are they buying into the story that we're telling into the ring? Nate, you're used to being on stage and performing on a stage and getting reaction from the crowd. So how difficult was it for you to act in front of a camera without getting that interaction with the crowd? Okay, so a uh, couple of things. Um, uh, one, that is different, and it's, it's a whole other thing. But uh, I've been acting for uh quite some time. I mean, this mm-hmm. is just the biggest thing. So I'm used to that. I mean, we, I'm always shooting, even my own content and things like that. Like I'm a content creator all the time. It's always skits and sketches and stuff like that. But it goes back to the love that we had. I remember distinctively a moment where I was doing a scene where I uh, essentially set the tone for the full scene and other characters were introduced into that scene. So it was actually pertinent that I nailed everything. And when they said cut on the first take of it, me and Matthew locked eyes and he was like, yeah, brother. And that sometimes is all you need. I don't need, you know, a massive crowd. But and and I, and you know, I want to say it's a blessing for NBC to have the uh, you know the 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 foresight to say, listen, let's just do this in a country that is open that has handled COVID a little bit better than our home country. Because once we got out of quarantine, Australia was wide open, so we did get the responses. We did have rooms full of. We had, we had more people present than they do on Raw, you know what I mean? Because we had thousands, we had extras and people everywhere. So they were getting the response that we were driving for. I mean, when they say they came to comedy shows, I'm talking about pack houses over there, you know? Wow. And so, uh, yeah. And then over here, we just allowed, just got allowed 25% capacity. And, and I, I own a comedy club in Tacoma, Washington, and we're opening. So I'm banking on that response uh, actually mattering. And Brett, now that we're getting closer here, um, are you starting to get a little nervous? I'm, I'm sure you're confident about the work that was done and you know the quality of the show. But what is it like as you're closing in on that date where everyone's going to be able to see the show? Not ner- it, it's so much excitement. Um, it's not nervousness. It's just anticipation and excitement. And for me personally, I got to play the Iron Sheik. He's the only wrestler in that era that we were portraying that's still alive so for me i wanted to nail it because i know he's still going to watch it and i mean the the character research i i did on him and everything the guy going back to what um nate said about you're, you're seeing you know the behind the scenes of the, the gimmick part or matt said it um you're seeing the guys not just how they were in wwf or wwe 
but you're seeing what they were really like. The Sheik was an eccentric guy on camera, off camera. And the show really portrayed that. The guy was, you know, hilarious full time. And it was such an honor to portray that, knowing that he's going to be watching it. Um, and the special thing that I got to do was I actually got to talk to him. And I got to go to him for reference on character, on his speech. Yes, Baba, I suplex you. Come on, clutch. I'll, I'll break your back. I'll make you humble. All that work to do the voice right. I went straight to the source and it was the best thing. He's actually calling me tomorrow. Tomorrow's my birthday. We mentioned Happy birthdays birthday. Already. Tomorrow's Happy my birthday. birthday. And Sheik and I have a celebratory birthday call tomorrow. So it's, <laughs> it's exciting. But yeah, Matt, to, to be part of that, it's, it's all excitement. It's, there's no nerves. It is, we did such a damn good job from the acting to the wrestling to everything. It's something I'm so proud of and so proud of everybody that, you know, we pulled this off and it's going to show in six days. That's awesome. I can't wait. And Matthew, you mentioned Andre the Giant, iconic character. You know, there's been documentaries, books written about Andre the Giant. And I know you take a lot of pride into the role and, and you've done so many roles. Like how much research do you put in before taking on a role like the one you took on with Andre? Yeah, this one was, was extensive just because uh, there's, I, I, I felt the pressure, like I think I said earlier, um, I felt the pressure of sort of Look, I, I'm going to bring my spin on it. You know, I'm, I'm not. It's not. I'm not going to be exactly like Andre was. But so I'm trying to bring my my spin on on Andre. But um, there was the pressure to sort of get the feel. You know, the voice itself was uh, very unique. Having the voice work, um, gaining. I gained 35 pounds for the role, so that was you know part of the process. Um, I'll tell you one of the biggest things that I that I one of the moments that I really got was from Dwayne himself who uh, gave me a really, really long, nice detailed message about, cause I was very curious about the relationship that Andre had with, with Dwayne, little Dewey, you know, and I was really unaware of that. So sort of to have Dwayne explain that relationship, um, calling him uncle Andre, you know, we, all three of us were sort of uncles to, to little Dewey. And so to have him explain that relationship, what that meant to him, uh, the advice that was given uh, to him back and forth, that probably was more important uh, and sort of helpful than anything else. And that kind of came right before we started working. So that was really cool. Uh, Brett, were you a wrestling fan before getting involved in a project? Huge. Um, <laughs> more specifically in the 90s and early 2000s, where it was uh, prime time of The Rock, um, Batista back then. But before that, I mean, I had the wrestling buddies. I had Hulk Hogan and uh, the Ultimate Warrior uh, wrestling buddies that I would sleep with at night. And um, I just, I never liked the Sheik. He was a bad guy. So when I got the role, I was like, yeah, I know him. I hate his guts. But then I did the character research. And I was like, this is the best character that I've ever had. He is the coolest guy. Um, it was just, it was amazing to... Yeah, it was full-on excitement. And obviously the world of pro wrestling, extremely colorful, a lot of crazy characters and personalities. So, Nate, like, what's crazier, the world of wrestling or the world of comedy? Ooh. <laughs> oh, careful, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Um, How about if you put them both back in the 80s? 
<laughs> that's, that's what I was gonna true. say. I'm like, dude, we walk on. It's gonna be like, like linear. I said, God's saying like, and uh, you know, and I'm even more particular now because I'm like, it's not just my own brand. You know, what I mean, it's the rock. It's all of us. So you have to you have to be careful what you're out here saying. I'm not wild like that in the first place, but it's just good to be a certain way, at least until the dang thing airs. You know, I'm not gonna be the guy that gives you. I'm not gonna be the guy that gives you the hot take on like, no, buddy. Uh, so. I would say wrestling. I mean, I, I was watching, uh, I got some really cool stories out of uh, Chavo Guerrero, who was, you know, talking to his uncles and and was telling me, uh, you know, some some really cool stuff because Junkyard Duck passed away so early. So for me to reach yeah. out and get the same experience or close to it that uh, Matt had with said long message or Brett had with actual contact of his person, uh, you know, I had to just search and do, do my research that way. And so he had stories, um, Stories about uh, the eye patch back in the day and the free birds and how yeah Michael Hayes the fire in his eyes and people people sending money to the junkyard dog because they really thought he was not able then, to work yeah and then a person came out of the crowd with the actual firearm and the junkyard dog talked him down in character and said you know I got to handle this on my own and stuff man enjoy the fight and the guy took his gun and stepped off to the side and. Sylvester or JYD went to the ring and did his thing with the Freebirds, and then security just mauled the guy. But the fact that they stayed in the because personally, if I was if I was acting like a guy and somebody came out with a gun, you get names like the gut. Like <laughs> you know, I'm not still in character. I'm like, he's got a gun. Like what are we? <laughs> hey man, you know. But for Sylvester to stay JYD full on, like you know, and to do his thing and to talk a person down in the gimmick. I thought was really uh, prolific, and then when I and then the basis of that and the fire in the eye and then how much racial driven stuff they dealt with back in mid south and even the early days, I would say it was just wilder back then. You know what I mean? Because you just don't see iconic brothers like that all over television at that time like that. And so I would say it was much more wild. I had a young lady wrote me on Facebook. She was like, my mom, her sister, and her cousin were all three. JYD's girlfriends at the same time. I was like, okay, yeah, they were wild. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think it's more wild back in the day with wrestling. And I think you probably could say that across the board when it comes to comedy, wrestling, movies, and music. It was just a, a different time and a wilder time. You know, when you go when you go backstage at a rock concert in the eighties, there is a lot of you know a lot more going on than just like you know nutritional drinks and things like that that you probably <laughs> get in two thousand and twenty. Well, let's just uh, say even if it's not like you know you know the lifestyles of that of that decade or that era, like these guys even if they were alive now, were just, you know, very vibrant, flamboyant personalities. Andre, there's stories about Andre the Giant, like he had to go to the bathroom in tubs. Yeah. And I don't care what decade that is, that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, guys, I, I, I can't wait. Uh, once again, February 16th, 8 p.m. Eastern time on NBC. Young Rock, guys, it was a pleasure speaking to you, getting you ready. And, and by the way, if, you, if you're a big fan of wrestling buddies, Brett, I got one for you next time we see each other. Uh-oh. An official Dave LaGreca wrestling buddy. But guys, seriously, I, I really appreciate it. Good luck. I know our community, the pro wrestling community, will be tuned in, and I think everybody's very, very excited. So good luck with everything. 
And Thank yes, you, and hang, 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 hang with the season, man, because later in the year, later in the season, we get to some wrestling. You guys will not be disappointed. The wrestling stuff is unbelievable. Thank yeah, you, guys. We, we put in our Chavo. Chavo trained us to do it right. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.